Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Neil D'Souza, and what are we going to get into today? Well, we're going to talk about getting into the United States, getting into investing in real estate in the U.S., just a very basic level about what there is, talking about taxes, talking about investing, different types of properties, and we talked even a little bit about money today. So strap in, join us. Here we go on this week's episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast. Why I love U.S. real estate. Well, guys, right now, everyone's asking where to invest when it comes to, to real estate. Can you invest in Canada and make money? Absolutely. Why am I looking at U.S. real estate? Obviously, you can tell it, it gets me excited because the U.S. has a lot of opportunities. Quite frankly, as a Canadian, they've got 10 times the amount of opportunities that we have here in Canada. You can go to different parts of the states and you know, you're talking about a population of 300 million versus uh, versus 40 million. There's a lot more inventory. There's a lot more opportunities to be able to negotiate and go through. Now, if you're not comfortable with the taxes and money going back and forth, I get it. That's a normal part. And let me actually just park on that for a second. As human beings, we're afraid of the, that which we don't know, the fear of the unknown. I get it. You get it. We, we all go through that. It's called uncertainty. And what do we do when we're not sure, when we're uncertain? What do we do? Most of the time, we do nothing. Some of the times, we go and we run off and go cause trouble somewhere else. Why? Just because we understand that kind of trouble. Why does the, why does the, the woman that gets out of a bad relationship go back into another one? Why do guys keep picking the same uh, bad girls over and over again? We have a tendency to like to stay with what we know. And because we're afraid of the unknown. But once you realize that that's what's going on, you can make different choices. I'm afraid of sharks. Guess what? I'm not gonna go swimming with sharks. I can choose a hot tub, I can choose a swimming pool. I know that sounds stupid, but if, when we're talking about real estate, the opportunities are always on the other side of the work. And so if you're willing to go in and learn a little bit about these different opportunities, it opens up a whole world uh, to you. And so right now I'm, we're looking into going in the States. One is to diversify uh, our portfolio. You know, myself, my investors, partners, we're going into the States to be able to open up to some of those opportunities. And then, and then as well, there's just more inventory that's available there. There's nothing wrong with Canadian real estate. If you can get it, absolutely. But we're looking at much larger projects. We're looking at 50, 100, 150, even as much as 300 unit uh, apartment complexes and buildings. So that really opens up a whole nother set of doors to be able to uh, raise capital, be able to bring in investors, but be able to build a portfolio for partners and, and everyone that wants to come along for the ride. And, and that's what the U.S. offers. Hey guys, this is Toby Mathis, and this is to my Canadian friends out there. I get this question, can Canadians invest in U.S. real estate? 
The answer is absolutely yes. Whether it be personal, a lot of people are snowbirds. A lot of Canadians like to go down to Florida along with a lot of United States folks too. Uh, so there's that side of it. Uh, also the investment side, but here's what you have to be aware of. U.S. trusts and U.S. LLCs are treated very differently for Canadian tax purposes under the CRA than it is for us here in the States. So you gotta be careful. For example, Canada, they don't recognize uh, LLCs. They treat it as a corporation for tax purposes. So they don't recognize what an LLC is in the United States. And also in trust, they'll oftentimes treat it as though you sold the asset. So there, you gotta be very, very careful when you're investing in the United States that you don't just blindly follow what we do in the United States, that you're running it by somebody as, as a Canadian counterpart too. What I what I'd say about that is he's absolutely right. You you need to understand that uh, Canada and the U.S. have different some different tax laws, and and then between the two countries we have different tax treaties. And so what he's basically saying is, hey, Canada doesn't view some of the uh, legal structures quite the same. They treat it uh, differently, like partnerships and that. And so. It's just something that you, I don't know if you need to worry about it. You you just have to do your due diligence. You have to speak with accountants, speak with lawyers, and make sure that you set up the proper entities based on what you're trying to do. Whether you're trying to keep money in the States, whether you're trying to bring it back to Canada, that that's all there is to do when, when it uh, comes to investing in the U.S., Maybe you need blocker companies. Maybe you need, uh, you know, flow throughs, these types of things. And so for Canadians going into the U.S., it's just a matter of uh, setting up the correct structures. Now, the one part about that that's worth noting is that most people don't want to go through and do the research and they don't want to talk to these people because they second guess themselves. That's a reality of being a human being that you're going to feel like that. But if you do, then you open yourself up to those opportunities. Okay, obviously not uh, not financial advice. I'm not an accountant, not a lawyer. But but when you're selling property, you've in the U.S. There are different tax laws. Again, this depends on whether you're bringing that money when you sell a property and bring it back to, uh, and you bring the money back to Canada, repatriate that money. It has a different tax implication. If you keep that money in the States, then there are other tax advantages that you can cash in on. You know, everyone's familiar with like the, the 1031 exchange, where if you sell a property and move it within 90 days to another investment property, you don't have to pay taxes. But if you bring the money back to Canada, you're going to have to deal with capital gains taxes. So as a result, some people including a lot of U.S. citizens, love to keep that money moving from one property to the next to the next to avoid any capital gains taxes. It allows you to build quickly. It's one of the most beautiful things about the U.S. Anyone that's investing in Canada, specifically in Ontario, one of the things that you're, you're going to realize, if you haven't realized it already, is that the current rules that we have, Landlord-Tenancy Act, it puts a massive burden on the landlord to have deep cash reserves to be able to handle uh, you know, what they call career tenants or just bad tenants. 
people that aren't there to in good faith. And if you're watching this, you probably know what it looks like when you get a tenant that does not act in good faith. They can go a year, two years without paying and just milking the system. And if you're a mom and pop investor, you're you're going to get bled and end up losing everything if that if they do that to you. Now, do I want to invest in places like that? No. No, absolutely not. I don't care how great the real estate is going to be. I don't care if it's growing by 30% per year over year. If I can't get paid the rent, then I can't pay the bill. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And a lot of landlords, what that causes is landlords have to try to protect themselves. They have to try to raise the rent so that the other rentals are able to accommodate for those bad actors. And so I'm sorry for everyone that has to rent and has to deal with those implications, but that's the reality of living in a place like Ontario where you can have these bad faith, bad characters come in and milk the current acts in place. Now you go into the States, most of the, most of the states in the US have much better rules around that. I'm not saying that as a landlord, you should take advantage of your tenant. I'm saying you should absolutely take care of the tenants because they're your asset. They're the ones you wanna take care of because they're the ones that are paying. And so you wanna get good tenants, take care of them, and you're gonna make money for a long time to come. So why do I like going into the States? Why am I looking at that opportunity now? Is because of the inventory, because of the ability right now to acquire cash flowing real estate. When people are buying real estate and it just keeps going up, everybody jumps into it with all the stupid money. And right now we're watching a time where people do not have money. And it's perfect because now you've got the opportunity to go in and negotiate real estate without all of that competition. And so go into the States, acquire properties in landlord friendly states, take care of the tenants and build your business, build your portfolio and take care of your own family and go live your dreams. Okay. I get this question of where in the States you want to invest. First of all, you can go anywhere in the States and do well in real estate. There are some places that you may want to avoid. Um, these days, California is not the greatest place to be, uh, to be running a business, to be investing in real estate. Quite frankly, the taxation is off the charts. California is having a real issue right now when it comes to um, po their population, uh, tent cities, uh, vagrants, their, their commercial real estate is dying. Again, a lot of this is dealing with uh, really the taxation, but they've got a whole bunch of rules and laws that just not making it favorable for people to go in and make money. It's like they want to bank bankrupt the state. I'm not sure what they're thinking. We're watching companies moving from their left, right and center. New York's not doing great these days either. Some real burdensome tax laws. And again, they're, they're doing the exact same thing. 
a lot of people still love right now Florida. Florida is a great place to be investing in. I'm not looking at Florida, me personally, just between you and I, but that's only because I think their market is already gone up a certain amount. I, I like to look for emerging markets, places that are on the, the come up. I like a lot of blue collar places where you get somebody that's grounded, that is just looking for a great place to live. And, and they are not trying to live in, you know, the Taj Mahal and not expecting these types of, uh, these types of accommodations. I'm not saying that wherever you live isn't the Taj Mahal, but when you have people that are unrealistic, you know, I like, I like dealing with real people and people that are authentic because they're going to take care of me and I'm going to take care of them and on you go. And, and so there are a number of states that are like that. Uh, I will say one place that I'm a fan of these days, again, do your own research. Uh, I'm a big fan of Texas only because they're one of those places that uh, they still tend to fight against uh, a lot of the control that you're seeing, whether it be politically or uh, whether it be from different groups, they're still fighting that. My only thought on Texas, just again, this is not a this is not a deep analysis. There is something for me about the border controls and and that they're really lax right now under the current uh, political party. So I'm I'm thinking twice when it comes to Texas, but there are other places, other states. If you like it, get to know it. And there's always going to be good real estate available. This article is the epitome of what's wrong. Okay. Investing in U.S. real estate from Canada, rising interest rates could ruin your plans. If interest rates continue to move up in the long term, which is possible, it may force even more buyers out of the market and lead others to lower the price they are will, able or willing to pay. Fewer houses will change hands. In that case, house prices may hold steady, but they could also move down. If interest rates shoot up in the midst of economic setback and rising unemployment, it forces a lot more buyers out of the market while forcing many more others to cut their house buying budget. In addition, some of the newly unemployed might dump their houses on the market because they won't be able to keep up their mortgage payments, let alone refinance when their current low interest mortgages come due. In that case, there could be a deeper slump in house prices. Okay, let me try to be respectful here, guys. If you cannot make money in an up, down, or sideways market, you are not an investor, you're a gambler. Guys, it doesn't matter which way the market goes. When we're talking about investing, you have to be prepared for any of those things. Otherwise, you really you only have one strategy, in which case you have to be prepared to execute that strategy and then get out of that transaction. And that's perfectly fine if you know one way and that's the way you do it. But you can't use a hammer for every job. You've got to be able to to pivot to what the market is doing. So in this case, if interest rates are rising, it means people can't afford to keep bidding up prices, in which case the values of properties hold steady. Now, for the people that can't afford to pay those, yes, they'll, 
they may have to default. They may have to leave their properties. And in the U.S., you're allowed to drop your keys and walk away from that property and the bank just takes takes it over. Here in Canada, you can't do that. If you drop your keys, you now the bank takes the property and you still owe the debt on top of that. So because we give personal guarantees here in Canada. So in the U.S., could that happen? Absolutely. So as a Canadian investing in the States, you need to realize that if you're looking at buying single family homes or or uh, some of these smaller properties and you need to know what your exposure is. Honestly, it's one of the reasons I like. Let me, let me get a little closer. It's one of the reasons I like multifamily, because if things get rough and people can't afford to keep their houses and pay those mortgages, they're going to go over and rent. You're always going to make your money on the buy. You want to make sure that you negotiate the price, get a great price, and then you're able to offer even better rents to the people that want to come in and rent a property from you, whether it's a house, whether it's a multifamily, what, whatever your that real piece of real estate is, if you get it at the right price, then you're going to be able to rent it out at something affordable to, to the next renter. You have to be conscious of what the median prices, what the median rents are. You, you need to do some research in an area that you're going into. Is there a demand for it? You're probably not going to buy a $10 million house and then have a thousand people that are going to want to rent it. But you could probably buy a $10 million apartment building and have 10,000 people that want to rent from you there. So there's just something to realize about what it is in terms of when you're buying real estate, what you need to do to manage that real estate and for there to be money on the exit of that real estate as well. Both Canada and the U.S. reward people that invest in housing, meaning if you provide housing to people, it's one of the things that both of our countries value because they recognize that people need to have somewhere to live. And so there are tax advantages for that. And so there is that opportunity for you and I to be able to go in. Are there faster ways to make money? Absolutely. Real estate just happens to be one of those ones where you get to get rich for sure. Even if you're not the, the smartest, you can still make money in real estate. And so, you know, really, that's the opportunity for you and I to be able to buy property, be able to rent it out. And no matter what the level is, whether you're talking apartment buildings, whether you're talking a duplex, whether you're talking a single family home, or whether you're talking mobile homes, there's opportunities all the way along. Or even if you're talking about just straight land, there's opportunities all the way along for you to be able to do that, provide housing for people, provide opportunities for people. Here's one other thing I want, I want you to key in on. And a lot of people miss this. This could probably be an entire episode in and of itself, what I'm going to share with you guys. A lot of people are trying to make money. They're trying to, they're trying to make these, you know, these bills. Somebody gave me this. It's a, it's a million dollar bill. It's not real, but people are trying to 
make these. What, what you and I need to understand is that these are, they're like promissory notes. They're like, this is debt. This is a promise to pay. And you have to ask yourself, do you want a bunch of these things that are a promise to pay? Or do you want things that are actually of value? And I know that this is a larger concept that we're going to have to talk about at another point in time. A lot of people try to acquire these, but these get devalued each and every day. So what you want to be able to do is get these and as quickly as you can, put them into things that actually have value so that you actually own the asset, not, not the liability.